and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the only podcast you should be listening to about pro wrestling. We are talking about card, subject to change. I am your host, Chris Peterson. Join me as always to my left and virtual right is Mr. Ken Jones and Mr. Forrest Halvey. How are you, gentlemen? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Doing I'm well. I'm class. Like a champion. Like a champion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got to be honest with you guys. First of all, we're recording this on Thursday, uh, September 19th. So this is like five days after the pay-per-view. <laughs> Do apologize for the delay, but we are all working champion. men. Right. We're right. all working men. Um, so it's tough to schedule these things sometimes. But I got to tell you, uh, I don't like Clash of Champions strictly for the fact that they leave out the word the. Uh. And it just would be so much easier to say. <laughs> Um, and I don't know why they do that, but you know, it is what it is, but we had clash of champions coming to us live from the queen city of Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, and I thought it was kind of an up and down pay-per-view, uh, you know, finished with a cliffhanger, which is always, you know, fun, but, um, nothing really, I don't know, earth shattering, I guess you could say about this, this paper pay-per-view, uh, Ken, let me start with you. What were, and just initial reactions to the overall event. Uh, kind of like you said, a little, a little up and down. Um, I thought, uh, in general, the match between Sasha and Becky was the the best match of the night. Um, I, I thought the uh, world title matches for the men's uh, championship matches they felt a little familiar, uh, like almost like they'd been run back from the last pay per view. <laughs> Um, and then there was some odd, uh, you know, things here and there, like the Roman Reigns, Eric Rowan, uh, match and the ending to that. And just a lot of uncertainty, I think with this and overall, like where we're going with, you know, the eventual Ron Smackdown, uh, split and, um, you know, where we're going for the upcoming pay-per-views, um, Hell in a Cell and then. Uh, one of the big four, the uh, Survivor Series. Coming up, coming up. Forrest, how about you? What were your overall thoughts? You know, I, I think overall, this kind of felt like a C plus B minus pay-per-view. Um, mm. It was really interesting to me, I think, because in some ways it was actually really consistent in the sense that the matches themselves, there, there weren't, this was not a great match if you're somebody who likes uh, anything technical. There were there really weren't any spots that were exciting that were kind of captivating. But the flip side of that, though, was that by and large, I thought the finishes were pretty good. You know, or at the very least, you know, I thought they they served a really clear purpose in terms of storytelling. So, you know, I think I think a lot of the matches did a pretty good job in terms of moving a particular storyline forward. Um, but I think, you know, it was hampered with a really pointless match with uh, with with Roman Reigns and Eric Rowan. Mm. And I do think a number of the matches probably needed to be cut down by half, if not two thirds. Yeah. So let's what we're going to do on this podcast is what the WWF. Oh, my gosh. WWE. Whoa. And at that, we're just almost going to get sued for that one. <laughs> Um, throw let's back do, Thursday, baby. Throw back Thursday. Throw back Thursday. <laughs> let's do what they should have done and actually cut down some of these matches by talking, not talking about some of them for very long. So let's run down the card real quick. Kickoff show, an odd kickoff show. I mean, typically you get your, your cruiserweight title during the kickoff. Nobody right. cares. And actually, I thought it was even a subpar cruiserweight title match. You know, And usually I, I give those guys a lot of credit, and 
this one just felt really, you know, lackluster. But mm-hmm. um, then we had United States Championship. This one surprised me uh, that it was on the kickoff show just because it's, it's AJ Styles. He's one of the biggest stars in the business. And I'm like, whoa, he's on the kickoff show. Yeah. Um, maybe he's got someplace to be. I don't know. <laughs> wants to get an early flight out of Charlotte. Maybe he's doing like, you know, wants to get a head start on, on Monday Night Raw. But um, I thought it was a weak match. And again, I mean, Cedric Alexander, who has some heat, Right now, I mean, just just felt like a tremendous step backwards. Forrest, any any thoughts on that match? Yeah, I'm just going to jump ahead real quick, you know, in Please. the sense of I, I look at the United States Championship and I'm going to look at the IC Championship as being that mid-card belt, right? And so when I look at this, AJ, I thought they've actually done, a, aside from the fact that they took the belt away from Samoa Joe, um, I think they've done a really nice job of elevating it by giving it to AJ and then putting the United States Championship up against the Universal Champion, right? I think the OC has been a really strong stable. So by and large, I like what they've done with with AJ in the U.S. Championship belt. And then to make it the kickoff show, which, you know, for whatever it's worth, you can't really see that on the network. Um, If they don't care, why should the viewer care? So I just feel like... You know, if I'm going to look at the quality of the match in the U.S. Championship and compare it to the IC belt, the IC should have been the kickoff show. That was a boring match, which we can get into in a little bit. Uh, but that's the one that should have been kickoff. I thought there was at least a couple more interesting spots, a little faster pace at the very least. Um, and they've been elevating that belt. So then just to deflate it by putting it on the kickoff show uh, was, a real, was a real misstep, I thought. I mean, yeah. am I forgetting something, or was this mo- also mostly a uh, a bit of a squash job by uh, by AJ? Oh, it totally was going over on Cedric. So maybe, I mean, maybe that's why they put it on the uh, the the kickoff show because they didn't, um, you know, there wasn't going to be, you know, there wasn't going to a be a title change, and also it wasn't going to be, it wasn't scripted to be super competitive. It was just a. I don't know, tread water or something. With, with I'm the... I'm okay with a squash match though. Like I think. WWE does not provide enough of those opportunities to showcase the the power, the ability that you know uh, of their of their superstars, you know, through a squash match. Um, so I'm okay with that, but I just the the placement of it on the card. Yeah, no, I I agree. I'm not I'm not a fan of uh, seeing AJ Styles on the kickoff show ever. But um, yeah, I'm just I'm you know gr- kind of grasping at straws to figure out the reasoning for it. I mean, I would have yeah. been 100% okay if they just did the SmackDown Tag Team Championship on the kickoff show and then had this match yeah. in the main show. But at the same time, I'm like... Or I'm the not, Women's Tag Championship. Or, or the Women's Tag... Oh, gosh. Because um, I am just I wasn't interested in this match really at all because of just the two competitors. There's no storyline between them. So I'm like, it just felt like a random like Raw match. And I'm just like, whatever. Mm. Um, yeah, so. absolutely. And But in the same vein, I would say in terms of you have no buildup, you know, you don't really have any any stakes attached to it apart from the contender trying to go for the belt. So then what's the difference between the IC and, you know, the United States in this instance? You know, you've got two dynamic wrestlers and then you've got Shinsuke and The Miz. Mm. And Miz can be good when he's paired off with the right character, not necessarily in a technical sense, but in a storytelling sense. But there's no story with Shinsuke. So that one should have been your kickoff event and then put at least we could see something a little fun, exciting with the high flying, the you know, dynamic uh, technical wrestling between you know Cedric and and AJ. But yeah, just total misstep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, and then the show kicked off. We had the Raw Tag Team Championship, as we expected. This match was going to be early on in the pay per view. Yeah. 
uh, between Robert Roode, Dolph Ziggler, who defeated Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman to no one's surprise. No, uh, nobody <laughs> that happened. Everybody nobody, saw this coming. Everybody, the only people that were surprised was when you know Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler acted like they were surprised that they won. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, fairly pedestrian match, but it, it needed to be early. They, you know, Rollins and Braun Strowman, I felt needed to lose those belts because of you know what was going to happen later in the night, yeah, and any potential conflict. But Ken, did you have any thoughts on this match? No, I mean, the only thing, like like you said, it added to the the stakes for the Universal match down the at the end of the of the show, where now one of them's going to be walking out of the pay per view with no title, as opposed to where if they had retained. They, you know, the they each would have been walking out with at least one belt, and one of them would have been walking out with two. So, yeah. and, and like like we said, everybody knew that uh, Rude and Ziggler were were going to win the titles uh, right. in the situation. Right. And then it, I mean, I'm just going to skip ahead real quick because I do want to discuss this next match and the implications going forward. We had the SmackDown Women's Championship where Bailey very quickly defeated Charlotte Flair. Uh, not I would not not a clean finish obviously, but uh, this was a quick match and definitely uh, you know she, she won by pulling off the the turn the turnbuckle there, which by the way that that move did not go over real well, a little <laughs> bit of a botch there. Um, but um, I am interested in seeing what happens from here and the evolution of Bailey's character, which I'm feeling is kind of like a Kurt Angle type of heel. Forrest, what do you think about this? So I, I didn't feel like this was surprising for me because, you know, Bailey and Charlotte are really, really skilled, you know, uh, ring performers. And I was expecting a little bit more out of it. And I, I saw a couple missed. It, it just looked a little sloppy. You know, there was a couple. I, I think Charlotte had a moonsault that came up short. Uh, I saw her land on her knees versus really landing on, on Bailey. Um, the match quality itself wasn't great. So that said... I was laughing my tail off when I saw Bailey just grab the belt and run away. Like yeah. I was just thinking, run away, run away. <laughs> so, it was such a great heel move. And and the thing yeah. I liked about it is that it felt like in the build up to this match, like, is she gonna go heel? Or are they kind of playing in the gray area? No, this was such a chicken crap heel move. I loved it. So while I didn't care for the match, the finish, again. The finish was great. I really like the finish on this. Yeah, I, I agree. The, the finish is really good. It also, it, it, we don't usually see Charlotte as the the um, the competitor that's getting screwed over in a match like that. The so only, it was only it was, problem was, is if they turn Charlotte back to being a face because she's yeah. A far I don't think she's yeah. She's kind of like in the middle right now. It feels like um, yeah. I don't know. It's it's weird. Like. Because they've had they've had um, Becky Lynch come out and help her, and and vice versa in the lead up and aftermath of of this pay per view. I, I think they were both standing in the ring uh, on Monday night, right? Uh, after fending off uh, Bailey and and uh, Sasha, and then on SmackDown, you had Carmella come out to help Charlotte when she was getting uh, beaten down. So. Um, yeah, it's Charlotte's kind of in a weird like in between space right now. I think. I think the the problem that you have with the women's division right now is there's only really true one like one true face in the you know in the in the division when we're talking about championship contenders and you've got I mean Charlotte's in this weird quasi anti hero type of type of um, you know moment 
So, you know, you've got Becky, but then you've got three heels that are in the championship picture right now. And that's a struggle because there is no other woman on that roster uh, that really is getting any type of push. I mean, they're trying with Lacey Evans. They're giving Lacey Mm -hmm. Evans all the the opportunities possible. They they give her a match on Raw, which was another letdown. Uh, And, you know, it's it's just one of those things where they just need – they need fresh blood into that division, and you need to build up another face – and unfortunately, on the at least on the blue brand right now, you don't have one. I mean, there really is none. So yeah. I don't know. It's a it's a weird. You're in a weird moment right now because, you know, because basically Bailey failed as a face. That's that's really what it is. I'm gonna she, be, I'm gonna be very interested to see what happens with the women's divisions on both shows uh, after the draft that they have coming up uh, after SmackDown moves over to Fox. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Because that could that could signal a lot of. Um, I mean, there's potential for some really great stuff if they, you know, if they play their cards right. You know, moving on, another match that really just didn't really, you know, no big deal to me was uh, we had a SmackDown Tag Team Championship change hands when the Revival uh, defeated the New Day. uh, Submission, which I thought, actually a pretty decent match, I won't lie. I mean, typically between these two teams, you're going to get a pretty solid match. Yeah. I was I was surprised that that the Re- revival won, but I like the fact that they won because it puts the belts on them. Um, I think again you, that that the tag team division, especially on SmackDown, you know, definitely needed some juice. And uh, you know, I think this is this is a good thing. Yeah, I mean, the New Day doesn't necessarily need the belts to, you know, at this point they're they're over with the with the crowd so much as it is, anyways. So. Definitely, definitely. The one thing I will say that really kind of struck me, and I, and I feel like I've, I've noticed this a little bit more recently, and that might just be from Biggie when he was out for a little while. Um, but Xavier Woods really doesn't get a lot of credit for his ability to sell. He does a really good job of mm. making it look believable. You know, I I'll tell you. Now I know um, that like Shawn Michaels gets a lot of credit for selling, but I've always felt Shawn Michaels oversold, so it just didn't quite feel you know, believable. Xavier Woods, he does a bang up job really selling selling the pain, selling the injuries. So I gotta give him credit for that. Yeah, I mean I think when you look at someone like Xavier Woods who yeah, you're right, sells the pain rather than someone who like Dolph Ziggler who comes from the Shawn Michaels school of, you know, <laughs> you're gonna hit me with a punch, I'm gonna walk eight steps and then collapse type of deal. Um, you know, I, I I'm a hundred percent with you. So yeah, no, he definitely definitely deserves more credit. Um, on that, there was yep. gosh, I was listening to the Stone Cold podcast, and he was interviewing Hulk Hogan, and they they came up with a great word for like sellability, but I can't remember what it was. But it was it was gold. I was like, oh, I should use that, but can't remember. But anyway, um, yeah, moving on. Women's Tag Team Championship. Um, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross defeated Fire and Desire. No surprise there. Uh, via pinfall to retain the titles. Gentlemen, let me ask you something. Um, should there be the Women's Tag Team Championship anywhere? Or should they just do it with these belts? <laughs> let me let me answer your question with a question. Oh, yes. Can you make me care about this? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> the most compelling thing about the Women's Tag Team Championship will, the, will be the eventual backstabbing between Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, and then they face each other at like Royal Rumble or something like that. But like... This or the WrestleMania pre-show. Or the WrestleMania pre-show. <laughs> God. <laughs> um, yeah, here's the thing. You, be, the, the fact that you don't, even in NXT, you don't have really any female tag teams, is you're just throwing stuff against the wall here. So again, it, I think it's a, it, it was a nice idea in theory with absolutely no planning 
Um, they just were like, we got to have a women's tag team championship. Yeah. Um, and they didn't really ever plan out. They didn't build a roster around it. I mean, the only real tag team you had was the riot squad who are, who have vanished completely. Um, and also fire and desire. And that's, that's all you got. So yeah, I think they should just, I don't know. I, I think they should just do it. I don't think you can do it, but it would be great if they just kind of discontinued it for a while. And then, you know, once you build up that roster, bring it back. Cause it's just, it's just a waste. Yeah. They, they just, they didn't have any follow through commitment with this thing. And it's, it's a shame. Um, it, it's a great opportunity again to, to give more women, you know, airtime, but, uh, yeah, they haven't done it to a point where we are invested in it and care about it. Right, exactly. No, and and also, the thing is, go ahead. Nick Frost was a really interesting character in NXT, really unhinged, that kind of goth vibe to her. And now she's just put in this position of the sad sack friend who needs Alexa's help. And it's, you know, then the whole angle of this story arc is that she was called ugly. So now they're going to write the wrong with her fist. I'm like, I just don't care. <laughs> As silly you know. as this sounds, this division really misses Nia Jax. Mm. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw it out there. Like if if her and you know Jimmy Snooker's daughter, I can't remember her name off the top of my head. To me. Um thank you, to me. Um that put them together, there's a tag team that could really take those tag team belts and do something with it. Cause like, who's going to stop the two of them, but like, well, and then there's, mm. you've got Kyrie Sane and you've got Asuka. I mean, that would be a good pairing. Who? Who? Yeah, no, Who? I'm kidding. Right. But go back to when Asuka was on her run. The women's division was on fire. Like, yeah. I anxiously look forward to seeing those matches because there was a good combination of character and there was a good combination of technical. And now we get this. I just can't wait for the Nia Jax 365 because you know it's coming. You know, mm-hmm. it, you know, she's been out since, what, uh, after WrestleMania. So, like... Yeah, she's she. <laughs> we're gonna get one of those documentaries, but yeah, no, I'll <laughs> I, I'm I'll be interested in what they do for it. Talking, speaking about another title that I felt has lost some of its luster is the Intercontinental Championship. Now we mentioned this a little earlier yeah. for us. You brought this up. Um, I, I I don't I just don't know. I I don't know. This was a bad match between two, you know, wrestlers that really should be doing getting better, you know, opportunities and, and yeah. material. But uh, Ken, let me start with you. What, what were your thoughts on? Oh really? You're just... throwing this? You're throwing this garbage <laughs> at me? I'm gonna throw you at the garbage <laughs> at you. Go ahead. Yeah, I was I was not really impressed with this with this match at all. Um, I it, it feels like they the Miz for all the years that he was a, a bad guy should be smarter as to what bad guys are trying to do to him mm-hmm. when he's a face right now. You know, mm-hmm. like he should be able to recognize like that would be an, like a fairly like halfway interesting angle if the Miz as a face is like keen and sharp on like what the the uh heel is trying to do to him during the match. Right. You know, and like distracting the referee or, you know, um outside interference and stuff like that. But instead he just seems like a dumber version of the Miz. Mm. And it's unfortunate. I think we need to get back to heel Miz, but that's just me. I mean, yeah, yeah, but I don't know. It's yeah, yeah, there was potential there that again, like in other areas of the roster, is being squandered. Fourth, the what do you think? The, the Miz is is good on the mic. That he's good as a character, but he mm. works best when he has somebody to work against. And right. Shinsuke honestly needs to go to AEW. 
he needs to just you know be a silent killer because he's he's dead on the mic and he's dead in the water in WWE. I'm looking forward to him leaving when his contract is up and going to AEW because the Shinsuke that you would have seen in like New Japan and everywhere else is definitely not the Shinsuke that we have here. Yeah. And that presupposes he's got many years left on him anyway. I was going to say, I don't think he does, but you know, Mm. it is what it is. But, and then we had, uh, finally, I felt like we had like a solid, excellent match of the night contender between the raw women's championship where, uh, Sasha Banks technically defeated Becky Lynch via disqualification Mm -hmm. with Lynch retaining the title. But gentlemen, this was a great match. Mm. Yeah. Whoa, Forrest. I liked it. Forrest. Why? Because when I get a Sasha Banks match, if at some point in that match, I'm not saying, you know, like shocked or surprised or, you know, because Sasha's always going for those high spots. Where were they? Mm. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. It was a fine match. It was a slugfest match. I'll tell you right now, I thought it was incredibly smart booking in terms of the way that they finished it so that both both competitors were protected. Nobody took any damage out of this match. So even though Sasha didn't get the belt, she also didn't lose the match, vice versa for Becky. So it was really smart booking the way they finished it. Um, but eh, I'll tell you right now, the match with Nat- Natalia last uh, pay-per-view with between Becky, far more interesting spots, far more technical. I enjoyed watching that far better, even if it didn't go anywhere story-wise. Hmm. All right. Ken, what'd you think? That's fine. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I slightly disagree. I enjoyed it more than than Forrest, I guess. Um, <laughs> I will say, right? I, I will say, I'm going to take this opportunity to talk about what I think is going to happen going forward, coming out of this match. Okay. And I'm going to say Sasha defeats Becky Lynch at Hell in a Cell. Oh yeah. And takes the belt. The and the reason that they will do this is not only to have Becky eventually chasing the the title again which puts her in a good position um but it will also with bailey as the smackdown champ as we head into survivor series we will have the two besties in sasha and bailey going to face each other at survivor series oh man yeah Jimmy, think mm-hmm. about that Again, that's why this was good booking in terms of the way the bigger picture and setting themselves up, you know, for uh, for next month's Hell in the Cell. It was just the match itself that it wasn't bad. It didn't like the women's um, Smackdown championship. That was a little loose and sloppy feeling. This was tight. This was very textbook. But I just, you know, the the excitement factor. And I think I think the lack of of like high spots that Sasha's kind of known for, like, a she's also known for kind of getting injured half the time with some of those moves. Uh, And then also it's her first like full singles match back from a pay-per-view after a pretty significant layoff. So, I mean, I think you have to factor some of those into the equation. Yeah. Good points all around. Good points. all around. But yeah, I think this is a a feud that again, because of the lack of, you know, contending heels and faces in the women's division on raw, Stretch it out. Stretch it out as I long think, as you possibly can. Yeah, I, honestly, like I think you can stretch this out to like the Rumble. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. With these yeah, two, maybe absolutely. train the belt back and forth two or three times. Absolutely. With the I little mean, Sasha versus Bailey thrown in at Survivor Series. Again, I'm one of those people that like when you look at the NXT roster and you see people like Shayna Baszler, and you're like, what 
else do they need to do to to move up? Like what else? What else is there for them to accomplish? What else? You know, things like that. So like I think again with this move with SmackDown coming to Fox and whatnot, I think you're going to see a lot of movement. You know, from NXT at least hopefully that they can really kind of build that division a little bit. If they bring up Shayna Baszler, what are they going to do with her? Uh, you know what? Actually, I, I want to correct you on something, Ken. They're not bringing her up; they're bringing her over because that priest okay, okay, that NXT you're right. is below the main roster. That's fair. And I got to tell you, NXT that is so far and beyond what the main roster is doing. So that's fine. But they've Just always ca- they've always referred to as call ups before. So fine. Yeah, I, I think it's time to time to fix that. That's fair. But if they bring her <laughs> over uh, to SmackDown or Raw from NXT. What do they do with her? And you right. know that if they do something with her, somebody else is getting short shrift uh, in the in the meantime. Mm. So who's going to be the odd odd woman out? Mickey James. She already is. Out, she's already out of the picture. Oh, she, <laughs> Mickey James. <laughs> um, I think you. Yeah, I think you probably move Lacey Evans. Uh, she is think, already. She's already mostly out of the picture. Dana Brooke. She's um, already mostly out of the picture. I, you're gonna have you're gonna you're gonna throw Shayna Baszler into um, Charlotte, Charlotte. Uh, <laughs> Becky, uh, like all these people, the, the the ones that are consistently seen for the most part week in and week out. Like mm. someone else is gonna get uh, tossed to obscurity with with Dana Brooke and uh, Lacey Evans and the. Uh, um, What's her name? Oscar. I, I believe that is, man. Yeah. She was a champion once. Who? Just, just for a year or two. <laughs> just for a year or two, you know? Oh, well, you know what, though? I, I would say at the very least, though, like you said, Ken, they've, they've, they've bought themselves, I think, a couple months worth of storyline between you know, the back and forth chase of uh, Sasha and Becky right now. Yeah, I would hope there so. There you go. And these two can bring it. So I'm... I'm excited for what's what we get going forward. Yeah. All right. There you go. All right. Well, next we had the WWE Championship, and what I felt was my biggest disappointment of the night was Kofi Kingston defeating Randy <laughs> Orton cleanly to retain the title. And I was all the way like marking out a hundred percent for Randy Orton to win this thing because I thought it would be more compelling. Uh, I am bored with Kofi Kingston. I'm 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 done with the whole like Cinderella like you you've made it congratulations you you climbed the mountain and now it's time to pass it off because it's just I'm bored I am and you guys can say what you want I, the trouble in paradise is the weakest finishing move yeah it's not great in pro wrestling especially when <laughs> I, he doesn't hit it yeah. <laughs> like drop I was say, that was, drop what yeah well yeah <laughs> I, I will say Chris uh, I'm not where I where you are with Kofi. But the ending to that match was was the weakest I thought of the night. Um, just Randy was in control for most of that match, and then it just kind of ends abruptly with Kofi hitting Trouble in Paradise, and like it, it just doesn't seem like that uh, like devastating of a finisher where it can just like completely change the, the tide of a match like that. The biggest problem I have with the Trouble in Paradise is it looks. It doesn't look any different than like those like you know turnbuckle counter kicks that you see these guys do. It's the same motion. Yeah. And it's just like it's more devastating when he does it inside the ring. And I'm like, it's just a dumb finishing move. It really is. Yeah. And like it, it um, seems like an Enziguri would be more like 
more damaging than that. You know, anything. I mean, yeah. we all know with the twenty four championship, the roll up is the most devastating yeah. move in wrestling history. <laughs> the the roll up is undefeated. But like, um, yeah, no, I just I'm I'm done with Kofi. There's nothing compelling about him being the champion anymore. Well, I'm, we well, say I that. Have some good news but, for you, Chris. Well, that's some good news for you. There's a beast in town. Yeah, yes. I was gonna say. You say that, <laughs> and yeah, you know, I I will say this. In, I also, I mean, I've been I've been ready for for Kofi to move aside and get somebody else into the picture, um, you know. And and truth be told, I thought with Money in the Bank we were going to get Brock cashing in on Kofi. Um, you know, we're getting it obviously a little bit after the fact, I think. But I I I understood what they were doing. They were closing out that ten year loop with Randy yes, Orton. Exactly. Um, the ending. So in that regard, the ending worked well. But the the, the thing I had to laugh about was. How many times is Randy Orton going to slow the match down with some form of a headlock? Um, <laughs> that <laughs> and yeah, the finish and like for Randy Orton to be sitting there like between, you know, headlocking it up or just beating on Kofi, then all of a sudden to pull the trouble in paradise and he's out. Yeah, it, it, there's there's some logical missteps there, I think, you know, yeah. that but I got the ending that made sense to exactly. me, at least in that regard, yeah. even if the match was abc quality yeah the whole the whole thing with with kofi versus randy orton is it, it validates kofi kinks as a champion uh in the but history. now i'm ready to clear the deck yeah, yeah yeah yeah. no i agree i agree i think uh i, I you know, I'm, I'm interested to see what they're doing with this title at hell in a cell because i believe hell in a cell is after uh the smackdown moving to fox so you're gonna mm-hmm. have kofi versus Brock on SmackDown Live on October 4th, I believe. And then I don't know if it's the Sunday after that or the or two Sundays after that. You're probably going to have Kofi or or Brock, I suppose, um, in a Hell in a Cell match at the pay-per-view. So I think if well, let Kofi, me ask you this. I, go ahead. Do they pull a do they pull a Goldberg Hulk? And and change the belt on that opening night of, of SmackDown uh, and do a belt change. Honestly, on like honestly, I can see it going either direction. I could see um, Brock. I, I could see him putting the belt on Brock, but I can also see them having Kofi like miraculously beat Brock to kind of like pop ratings or whatever is or, or give further validation to him. Um, because he's beating like the UFC guy on on Fox, and Fox has had some, you know, interaction with the UFC in the or, yeah Ultimate Fighting in the past. Um, so that wouldn't surprise me either. And then to see, I think though, if Kofi does beat Brock on SmackDown, we will see him drop it at uh, Hell in a Cell against whoever he goes against. All I got to say is if Kofi Kingston beats Brock Lesnar with a trouble in paradise, I'm throwing not, the, Yeah, like that really the can't. <laughs> that can't happen. Like <laughs> I'm turning off the TV and I'm giving up. I'm just going to walk away. So there you go. All right, well, let's get into the only non-title match at Clash of Champions, which is kind of goes against the whole point of the pay-per-view, but whatever. Uh we had <laughs> Eric Rowan defeat Roman Reigns uh via pinfall i guess with some little help from you know luke harper but um 
I mean, I, I don't care. Like, <laughs> this, <laughs> like this whole this oh. whole storyline reeks nice, of like like this this whole storyline reeks of like 1990s like stupid you know suspense writing like oh the right. mass who the who is the mass villain they totally botched it Austin. yeah they totally botched <laughs> it with that that one week where they showed the lookalike which was like by the way they abandoned that really quickly when <laughs> we all reacted very poorly to that yeah. um this whole thing was just stupid like just to quote to quote randy orton stupid 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 um <laughs> I, so i'm just like the quicker that they're done with this please because this way if if they put the belt on uh brock lesnar then you know you've got roman reigns free for storylines and things like that just you got to get away from because this is just the and eric rowan is so undeserving of a spot <laughs> like this we don't ever need to see him in a singles match for this long ever again that's all i gotta say any, anybody I just wish he'd get his teeth fixed. <laughs> was that? I wish he'd get his teeth fixed. <laughs> I, I wish you guys could have been in the room with me watching this match. And I fortunately I was watching the pay-per-view like live at that moment, so I couldn't fast forward to this thing because I would have I would have completely skipped this thing if I could. And it just I was just angry. And um and I was also angry that this why wasn't this on the kickoff show? Um, you know, it's Clash of Champions, like you know. yeah. I just I couldn't help but feel like Roman Reigns lost a bet with one of the writers, and yeah. this is what happened. Like if they're doing this to give a rub to Eric Rowan, like why? Why are you giving Eric Rowan any sort of rub whatsoever? It just I mean, unless Daniel Bryan's actually hurt right now and can't do anything, like I just you know I don't know why they were doing it. I, I think it. I, I really honestly have no idea what they're doing with this. Uh, I think they're trying to salvage it some way, uh, but we'll have to see how it turns out be- with the Daniel Bryan angle of it all, which is weird because he wasn't even involved in this match nope. whatsoever. So I don't right. know. It's just it's a it, everything about it's weird. None of it really makes sense. And it probably needs to be put out of its misery. But the, it looks, based on SmackDown, that they're maybe trying to do something with it with Daniel Bryan, and I right. don't know where it leads. But I mean, no, we're good. I have no idea. They're they're giving themselves a lot of rope, and they're either going to save it or they're going to hang themselves with it. Right? Exactly. Exactly. And it uh, looks like they're in the process of making a noose, but maybe. <laughs> Maybe it's just a knot. I don't know. Uh, who knows? Finally, last match, main event, Universal Championship. Seth Rollins defeats Braun Strowman clean via pinfall to retain the title. And then we had a surprise ending uh, there. But, but before we get to the ending and the implications from that, what do you guys think of the match? Uh, I felt like I saw this last month with Seth versus Brock Lesnar. Good point. Only mm-hmm. <laughs> they took out Brock and put in Braun. Um, although to Braun's credit, Brock did not get up on the top rope, and, and Braun was willing. Braun was willing to go there, even though he looked terrified, and he could have very easily killed Seth Rollins. Yep, <laughs> with with that move. Uh, but yeah, I I will say like I, even though this felt very familiar, uh, it I do like the fast pace of these matches uh, that Seth's had against Braun and Brock. Um, mm-hmm. And and 
that makes it, I think, a little more believable that he's able to defeat them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, the one... Th- it, again, it was a pretty text... It, it reminded me in some ways of the, the Raw Women's Championship match. It was just very textbook. You know, you were watching the little, you know, David chop down Goliath, chop by chop by chop. Um, and that's or stomp fine. by stomp by stomp. Right. You know, nothing wrong. The one thing I think that they did well with this match that I was kind of appreciative of is that it was quick. Like, there mm. were... I, by this point, we had seen, you know, we just got out of the the uh, WWE Championship match, which needed that needed to have ended a lot faster, and you know, other matches were just dragging on. So I did feel like the matches previously were too slow. So this one, this one moved at a good clip, and I thought that that was that was you know good good booking on that front. It ended in the way, especially when you roll up the uh, the kind of the twist at the end. You know, I think we're not paying attention and we're not really seeing a defeated Braun Strowman in the ring for any period of time. So I think that protects Braun. Um, mm-hmm. it, it does solidify Seth Rollins. You know, I mean, his first win against Brock Lesnar was not a clean. That was not a face win with the, uh, you know, the low blow and everything. You know, he got the clean win the last time. He's got this clean win here. I think that kind of puts that questionable initial win in in the you know rear view, solidifies him as universal champion. Um, you know, lets us get behind him, and then, bam! They flick the switch on the lights, and you know we get the fiend, which was the moment of the night for me. Yeah, that was good. Um, yeah, we all knew this was probably going to come eventually, but um, yeah, I like that they're doing it kind of now. I mean, I'll be interested if he. I mean, you don't want to kill the momentum of that character, so I'm wondering if, like, how if he takes the belt at Hell in a Cell, if that's too soon. Mm. I mean, I don't know, Ken. What do you think? Um. <sighs> Tough to tell. It's, I mean, it's when when you get a character that's that over, yeah, and, and he's been repackaged like that. Like, I, why not strap a rocket to it and you know see how fast you can get him get him going? But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I don't know what they what they do at a Hell in a Cell. Like, it, you can't really have a DQ because there's no DQ in a Hell in a Cell match, right? Um, Maybe some kind of schmoz ending where someone else like comes in and interferes. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe uh, Finn Balor comes back and and costs the fiend the match or something. I don't know. Maybe. You know, I was I was thinking this over, and I think Seth has already demonstrated the ability to lose the Universal Championship, get it back. And he's like, I think he came out of Clash of Champions stronger than before. So I think he could potentially lose the belt at Hell of Hell in a Cell and then set up for a chase again. Um, you know, the idea of I've beaten a beast, I've beaten a monster, now I can go beat a fiend, you know. And I think that chase routine works well for him. He hasn't really seen any loss there. And I think with Bray finally experiencing some some really newfound and much needed um, popularity, I think he gets damaged and he would benefit from the belt. Whereas I think Seth can go a short while without it if he's in the chase for it. Okay. My, my one question would be, though, uh, would, it, would it damage Bray to win it and then drop it at like the very next pay-per-view or, or something like that? I think you could throw a schmoz ending of some form or another and what and 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 stretch it out a little bit at that point. And and my other question would be how does 
the fiend work with the belt? Well, I don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just, it seems like a weird, yeah, I just, I don't know. Because then you have to have them talk a lot. And that's, I, I just don't know how, I, I don't know how that works. Because it's not like, well, it's, it's not well, like you have Bray Brock, speak for the fiend. Right. But it's not, it's not like he's Brock where he's off TV for months at a time. But it's also, he's kind of like special where you don't want him appearing. Um, how do I say? You, you don't want him appearing like every week in a match. Either, right, or, or doing necessarily even a segment even every week. You yeah. you want to have you want to like keep up the aura and mystique of the character. I, I don't know how the belt works on that. Mm. I'm not saying it can't. I just I wonder how it works. Yeah, That's a good point. We'll see. We'll see. Um, match of the night, guys. Forrest, what's your call? Well, I thought. Overall, the the pay per view was was pretty good. I th- particularly with the finishes. I gotta be honest, I really didn't have a match of the night. There was nothing Whoa. that I I'm look when I go into a a, a, a wrestling event, I want to see some good technical wrestling. That to me is what's going to earn you that match of the night. Some some amazing jaw dropping high spots. Some some just some really good skill on display. And while I thought the finishes helped to tell some stories and to move some plot lines along. Eh, the wrestling itself wasn't the most captivating. No match of the night. Moment of the night goes to the fiend. I thought that was pretty cool, but beyond that, no match of the night. There you go, Ken. How about you? Um, the King of Ring final between Baron Corbin and Chad Gable that we were promised on the pa- that we were promised on the pay per view. Oh wait, no, we didn't get that, did we? It got moved to Raw. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, I'm so satisfied with that ending. By the way, um, <laughs> I am ready. I am ready for the King Corbin era. I really Go am. Go flashlight you... <laughs> yourself. <laughs> I I can't wait to see uh, what they do with this. No, but I, I'll say I'll say Sasha versus Becky Lynch. It, uh, yeah. I will too. I, I'll say that. Uh, you know, but I I can I definitely agree with what Forrest is saying. Just there weren't yeah, a lot of moments where I'm like, oh yeah. my god, like that's phenomenal. So, um, all right, gentlemen. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about uh, before we sign off. You know, th- this week's events. Uh, you know, we had a, a okay Raw, a pretty decent SmackDown. But um, did either of you see NXT, the premiere of NXT, so to speak? I I have not. I have it. I'm oh man! To watch it. But I, I have not a either. chance yet. All right. Well, we'll save it. But needless to say, I don't think either of you will be disappointed. And um, you know, Forrest, with your comment about how NXT is, you know, on that equal footing in terms of, you know, its its talent and its writing and its all that stuff, I think you'll be pleasantly. Uh, I shouldn't say pleasantly surprised. I think you'll you'll def- just be pleasant. You know, I'll, with, with I'll, what you see. I'll get NXT. what I'm looking for. Exactly. Exactly. Unlike it's, Samoa Joe and Oscar. There, there you go. <laughs> There you go. Uh, gentlemen, anything you want to mention, plug, before we sign off? What was up with King Booker? Can somebody explain <laughs> that to me? Yeah, that was I weird. I like he escaped uh, from old people's home. I, I like I, seeing King... I like seeing King Booker! <laughs> yeah, that... Um, no. I mean, I will say that... You know, I don't know. I just, I'm just get, get to everything. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, so, all right. Ken, anything you want to plug before we sign off? Uh, let's 
see. I'll be going to uh, Telluride by the Sea this weekend. Ooh. So I'm going to be seeing some uh, movies that will be getting releases uh, wide uh, later on in the year. Um, looking forward to Ford versus Ferrari. Nice. So I'll be I'll be seeing that and writing about it. And uh, check out uh, Box Office Preview, where uh, Greg Earhart and I uh, talk about the upcoming movie releases uh, every week, except for next week when we're off. But most weeks, <laughs> most weeks we're except we're for recording. that episode. <laughs> Enjoy our weekly podcast, but we're not going to be Enjoy on our weekly our... podcast in two weeks. In, in two weeks. <laughs> uh, you guys are the best. <laughs> hey, I don't make the schedule, man. I just show up when, when Greg says it's time to record. <laughs> you guys are just awesome. Awesome, well, I'll awesome, tell you, awesome. um, kind of in the same uh, vein, it's it's been about a month now, but I am back to reviewing four colored funny books. Uh, so if, if you are a comic book reader, uh, I am back reviewing comics on uh, Newsarama, the very first and one of the largest uh, comic book news sites. So if you get a chance, you're interested. Uh, I tend to cover anything from you know some of the more mainstream books like Batman, Justice League. Um, up to some of the independent books, I'll tell you. You know, a uh, recent book, you know, that's coming out with Kieran Gillen. Um, you know, the Once in Future, fantastic new book. If you're a fan of kind of the procedurals, but with a mix of, uh, you know, King Arthur is a really, really good book. Um, but yeah, so I'm back up and writing online a bit more every week. I get at least a couple of reviews out along with the rest of the uh, Rama uh, review crew. So uh, check it out. Nice. Good stuff. And folks, you can listen to this podcast and all of our podcasts on the Onstage Blog Podcast Network, where uh, we have just about a dozen podcasts up there right now. And we've actually got so much content uh, that we're practically posting a new podcast almost every single day, except for the box office preview that likes to take these hiatuses um, every now and then without telling me, which is, you know, very professional, but you know, <laughs> not that I'm trying to like grow this thing or anything. Guys, just taking it. Jeez. Take it up, anyway. Greg. Take it up, uh, Greg. What was his Schedule excuse? Subject to change. What was his I, I, I think that there's just not a good release next week. It's the week before the Joker comes out. Uh, so it's kind of it's 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 an in between week where there's just not much coming out or anything to talk about really. So okay, hey, well, we, okay. we we can only go with what we got to work with. That's true. You, that's true. Yeah, it's true. it's uh, abominable, and, and that's pretty much it for wide releases. Oh, okay. All right. Well, we do have some new podcasts that are coming um, up the pike. Oh, yeah. Uh, we gotta, just did a ripple effect. Just did a new ripple effect. Got we Carrie. talked about Carrie and, and Stephen King adaptations. Yep, and, we'll be, and, uh, and we will be doing more ripple effects. I promise you that, uh, if, whether Ken wants to or not. But, I will. Uh, uh, no, I, I, I'm ready to do them. You're committed. Um, also, we got a brand new travel travel podcast coming out on the blog. Uh, also, we're gonna hitting some food, some health and wellness. Um, trying to tackle. I'm not. I'm just kidding. I'm not. We're not doing that. Um, <laughs> we're not doing any of that. Uh, but no, we, the famous we, travel pod. Famous travel pod. But we do have a brand new movie musical shakedown. We just did Into the Woods. Next week, we're actually doing The Greatest Showman that came out last two years ago. And uh, another new podcast coming out this week that I'm really excited about. It's called Are Your Parents Proud of You? Which is uh, all about like asking the question to performers, I guess, are your parents proud of you? I, mean, we're, I guess we're talking about like growing up and getting involved in the theatrical arts. So it should be a pretty interesting podcast to, get, to see. I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing that first episode. So, um, gentlemen... Thank you so much. 
Hey, Chris. You know what? Thank you. Thanks, Appreciate Chris. Appreciate it. Forrest, good talking to you as always. Ken, talk to you soon. And ladies and gentlemen, this has been Card Subject to Change. We'll see you hey, next time. Hey, you got the title right. Good job. I did. I'm proud of myself.